that's just a little stink pad. That had no computer power. You weren't controlling nuclear weapons from no, your I laptop agree. for I, old. I, and, I, you know, <laughs> if you're installing Angry Birds, yeah, maybe it's not that big a deal, is it? Sorry, do you I, understand? One petaflop. One petaflop is yes, what I'm talking about. I'm and yet Facebook still runs really slow. Smashing Security, Episode 65, Cryptominomania, Poppy, and your Amazon Alexa, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cooley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Episode 65 of Smashing Security for the 15th of February 2018. My name is Graham Cooley. And I'm Carol Terrio. And Carol, we are joined today by a good friend of the show. She's been on several times before by popular demand. It's our very own superhero, Maria Vamasis. Hello, Maria. Welcome back to the show. Hi. I'm not a superhero, though, but that's very, very flattering. <laughs> you wouldn't admit it. You wouldn't admit it. But, you know, Superman doesn't walk around saying I'm Superman, so... I don't have my pants on outside of my... Anyway. <laughs> you you are a big Trekkie, right? You love... Massive. You, yes. uh, I, I mean, seri- I mean, just Number like one. I like, I like the superior <laughs> Doctor Who. You, you, you vastly superior. Um, you, you are, no, but you are equally a, a crazy Trekkie fan. But I do love Doctor Who. I mean, I grew up watching Doctor Who as well, so you know. That actually makes you worse in my eyes because you watched it and yet you came to the conclusion that Trek was better. But anyway, we'll be right back. <laughs> Can't I love both? There's room in my heart for both. No. And I don't like Star Wars, so it's okay. <laughs> oh, well, it's for kids really, isn't it? We'll be right back after this break and after all the hate mail from the Star Wars fans. <laughs> This episode of Smashing Security is sponsored in part by LastPass. Did you know that 81% of breaches are caused by weak passwords? Failing to protect them could be a costly mistake for you and your business. Every single password is one more entryway into your business. LastPass makes it easy to secure them all. Give an insight into employee password behavior. Go to smashingsecurity.com slash LastPass to see why LastPass is the trusted enterprise password manager of over 33,000 businesses. Rapid7 is sponsoring Smash and Security. Rapid7's Insight IDR has been named a visionary in Gartner's latest Sim Magic Quadrant. It is an intruder analytics solution that gives you the confidence to detect and investigate security incidents faster. You can download a 30-day trial by visiting rapid7.com forward slash Insight IDR. And welcome back. Well, in the last couple of years... I think we've all witnessed this huge rise of ransomware, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Where they're taking over computers, encrypting our important files, and then demanding that a cryptocurrency payment is made in order to get your files back. That, that has grown enormously. But what's interesting is that we're beginning to see something of a shift, maybe a move away from ransomware and much more crypto mining. In fact, I would like to announce that we now live in an era of crypto minomania. <laughs> crypto minomania. <laughs> Thank you. Like it. Like it. Yeah. You like it? Yeah. So crypto mining, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, maybe some people who listen to the show don't know, what happens here is maybe you go to a website or you run a program and in the background, without you realizing it, your browser or the program which you have installed is secretly mining for cryptocurrency. So it's doing all of the complex and intensive CPU work in order to make Bitcoins or make Monero or one of the other cryptocurrencies which is out there. So this is a different way 
for the bad guys to make a buck. And obviously it's very different from ransomware in so much as ransomware is very visual and obvious. You know that you've been hit. It has to tell you that you've been hit and then you're going to take some measure to get rid of it. When it's crypto mining, they won't necessarily announce the fact that they've done it. So mm. lots of people are jumping on this bandwagon. And what do you mean are, people? You mean like website owners or well, bad people? W- website owners, bad people, lots of folks, right, are crypto mining. Either they are buying computers and hardware themselves, yep. setting up little rigs to mine yep. for cryptocurrency, or they're actually doing it sneakily inside websites. And we've yep. seen a few examples of websites which have done this, including some file sharing websites. But what's interesting now is, like I said, we're seeing criminals really try and take advantage of this to make money. Last weekend, for instance, it was discovered that more than 4,000 websites, including many belonging to governments around the world, US government, US courts, the National Health Service, and ironically, the Information Commissioner's Office in the UK, who are the people who normally slap your wrists if you have some sort of data incident, had their websites mangled, messed with, hijacked by a third-party plugin, which was using some cryptocurrency mining code. And this plugin was something called Browse Allowed. And Browse Allowed is a piece of software, a plugin, which you can put on your website to make it more accessible to people who are visually impaired. Mm-hmm. And, of course, many public sector bodies are doing exactly that. They, they need to have their website accessible to a wide range of the population. And so they think, oh, crumbs, how are we going to do this? Let's just plug in this, this little bit of software and it will do it for us. Magic. Now, the problem is the bad guys messed with that browser allowed plugin and it mm. included some code in it which took coinhive coinhive is probably the most commonly used piece of cryptocurrency mining javascript which is out there at the moment in order that every person who went to those websites was actually secretly mining monero for the bad guy's pockets hmm. and um, okay yeah What's I'm wondering, up, does they, well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, does like, does antivirus software, can it protect you from this? Or could like PUA, can it be labeled as a PUA? Can you, you know, just block it from actually? Well, yeah, you can put uh, blockers in place both in your web browser uh, or indeed your ad blocker. Um, but it doesn't come also- standard at the moment with antivirus well some antivirus software yes will detect this kind of thing in web pages just Mm. like they may discover malicious code it depends rather on how much the code is attempted to be you know hidden and and hidden away from people Mm. is it yet another javascript thing it's just another piece of javascript in this case it was obfuscated and so you would expect any decent antivirus to have a a a reasonable go of warning the user that something was going on but of course Mm. some people don't have these things configured properly some people haven't kept them updated properly including governments from around the world well it's not so much them it's the people visiting the web page granted yeah right Mm. who would have that alert go off Mm -hmm. um uh, and this happened over the weekend, so there's probably less actual traffic going to them as a result. Now, things could have been much worse. Imagine if that code running all those web pages, it was spotted by Scott Helm, friend of the show who's been on before. Mm-hmm. He alerted everyone that this was going on. And within about four or five hours, the code was taken down and was no longer causing problems. But you have to wonder how much worse could this have been if they had been plugging this plugin in and they hadn't realized that it had actually turned completely and entirely malicious designed to keylog, for instance, designed to steal passwords on all of those high-profile websites could have been very, very damaging and nasty. So that's just one example of the crypto-minomania which is going on right now. But there's more 
than just that, because people are so bonkers right now to earn cryptocurrency that some people are going to extreme lengths. Let me take you right now to Russia, okay? Uh, we're doing bad accents again. <laughs> no, we're doing flipping good accents. Uh, mm. So there is a nuclear weapons facility, a top-secret nuclear weapons... That you know of. Re ...research. <laughs> well, it's top-secret... <laughs> Connections. It's that chess thing. Like, that's where he finds out. That's his yeah, actual... When I was chatting to Gary Kasparov the other day... <laughs> Top-secret <laughs> nuclear weapons facility that you're aware about, but no one else is. Carry no, on. Look, just because something is top secret doesn't mean it's actually a secret. It just means it's... Oh, I don't know. Maybe you just can't get to it. Maybe there's, like, big barbed wire and things and you're not allowed into the city. <laughs> Russian authorities have arrested several scientists working at this facility. Because what they did was they hijacked the Uber supercomputer. <laughs> of course they did. To mine cryptocurrencies. Right? Excellent. This is a one petaflop super <laughs> What's on the I was loaded. I what? love that word so much. <laughs> and how much Bitcoin did they make? Point zero one. Oh, look, petaflops. You know petaflops. that? That's a, yes. That's no, a mere thousand much... trillion floating point operations per second. This no, is some rig. Which, but they I set wonder. Up. I wonder. Wonder how much actual Bitcoin they made using that ginormous rig. Well, I haven't managed to find out that particular it's detail. Super secret. <laughs> okay. Because it's one super Bitcoin. duper secret. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm waiting for. One whole Bitcoin. One. Now you're probably wondering how did they get caught? Well, they got caught <laughs> because. In order to do crypto mining, yeah. you need to connect your computer to this little thing called the internet. What? And now this is <laughs> now this is going to surprise you, but you're not supposed to connect nuclear weapons facility research supercomputers to the internet. No way. <laughs> really not. What? Now, why is that? Really not. <laughs> How come well, they, they can't watch YouTube? Now, why would you want to? Yeah. <laughs> What if you really want to play some, like, Call of Duty? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it gets boring in there. <laughs> Basically, the message here is you can't trust your own staff, right? And people will go to extraordinary lengths saying, <laughs> we can, or maybe, oh, 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 it's French. I can't do a Russian laugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, it's a Russian laugh. You're going to be you, boycotted. You can't trust anybody these days any member of staff as to what they're getting up to of your computers i don't think it's i don't think there's anything that's changed i think the same thing happened when we were first given laptops for instance and it was all those laptops are just for work people and how many people do you think followed the rules there that's just a, that's just a little stink pad that had no computer power you weren't controlling nuclear weapons from no, your I laptop role and I, you know <laughs> if you're installing angry birds or something on it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not that big a deal, is it? You just Sorry, do you understand? One petaflop. One petaflop is yes, what I'm talking about. I'm not and yet Facebook is... still runs really slow on that <laughs> website. It, it is really scary, though, isn't it? Actually, a nuclear weapons facility to computer and just like, let's connect it up. It was like the Ethernet cable was just unplugged. It was next to the wall. And they're just like, let's just right there. And then <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's sort of that. No one will notice. <laughs> OK, so getting back to like, yes. you know, real life. If I yes. am a yes. user and a visitor of a website which has has the secret JavaScript code on it, yes. what would I notice? How would I know if I wasn't running an antivirus or something? How would I know that it's there and how can I stop it? Mm -hmm. 
Um, uh, are you okay? Some, was that? Just, <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Your fan goes crazy. Your yep. battery life diminishes anything. It's everything runs slowly, right? Mm. Because, well, it's it's taking up all of your CPU. It's like someone threw honey into the back of your computer. It's exactly like that. (laughs) I'm glad we've been able to describe this scientifically. Yes. (laughs) That is something I am completely familiar with. It's a teeny weeny problem. Yes. (laughs) That happens to me all the time. (laughs) It it just turns to sludge. And talking of sludge, there was a sewage plant which got hacked in order to mine crypto coins. Can you believe that? Mm. And some people will view its content as sludge. Salon.com. Have you heard of Salon.com? It's not an online online hairdresser's. What it is... (laughs) <laughs> is is a it's a left wing uh, media outlet. Is that right, Maria? You're our token American. <laughs> I would say that's correct. Eyebrow raising topics occasionally. Yeah, there's a lot of hate reads on Salon.com mm-hmm. where people are like, oh, "Okay, yeah. all right." Yeah. So what they're doing right now is, if you go to their website, mm. you will see a pop up, and we're all used to these pop ups saying, "Oh, you know, turn off your ad blocker," and we're like. Bugger off. No, we're not going to turn off our ad blocker because we don't want to get infected by malvertising and we don't want you tracking us and all the yeah, rest of it. Totally. But this particular one says, look, you've got a choice. You can either stop blocking ads, so whitelist us in your ad blocker, or you can let us mine some cryptocurrency. Are you serious? Sorry. Or maybe yeah, I'll I'm go serious. elsewhere. Okay, hold on. That's so salon, though. All right, I'm going right now to check go, it out. Go there right now. Make uh, sure you've got an ad blocker on. I do have my ad blocker on. Of course and I have an ad blocker. I'm not getting that message. I'm going to. I really want to see oh, them I try. got it. You Wait. got it, Crow? Oh, I just got it too. Right. Get out. For real. Suppress ads. It says block ads by allowing Salon to use your unused computing power. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And if you click on the link through to the FAQ, you will find out that they are using CoinHive code to mine Monero in the background. And there are people who've gone there and they've said, well, it now takes 10 times longer to read any Salon article because you're, <laughs> your, computer, you're better off anyway. it's your okay. computer has turned to sludge. They can't even scroll. No, it's because it's, it's so, <laughs> everything's so slow. And imagine if all these websites begin doing this and you've, all got, you've got them all open in tabs, right? <laughs> That's what I'm like. I have loads of tabs open yeah. all the time. And you're, you're thinking, why is my computer mm. turning like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. Now, in some ways, I think it's great. You know, Salon are being upfront about it and going, hey, can't let us do this. They're it's not doing it sneakily. interesting solution, isn't it, though? I mean, given that nobody wants to see ads, nobody is going to get money from ads. I mean, I hate the idea, but it's also interesting. Like, it is interesting. Credit. I think mm-hmm. it is an interesting alternative. But I think maybe the, the way in which it's being done isn't quite right. Maybe they're taking too many resources. And this is the other problem with crypto mining. Everyone's jumping on this bandwagon. That's what the mania that we're seeing right now. But you know, at the beginning of this, I mentioned about these 4,000 government websites which got hit and had crypto mining code on them. How much money do you think the bad guys actually made from doing that? Really huge, high-profile hack. By the way, say a big number, otherwise it's going to appear unimpressive. So, 18 million. (laughs) 18 million. Maria, can Uh, you come up with a similarly huge amount of money? 81 million. <laughs> 81 million. No, no, it wasn't. Let me tell you how much it was. $24. Cha-ching! <laughs> so, it's just, the whole thing's just a good joke. You can't even just, fill up a car with that much money right, right now. <laughs> that was 4,000 websites. Admittedly, only for about six hours or so. But, you know, is that's it really worth yeah, it? Yeah, that's no. not even their hourly wage. I mean, that's not... 
So I think crypto mining is a bit of a trendy thing to do right now, isn't it? By the criminals and indeed by other legitimate websites which are trying to make money. Maybe they're finding advertising isn't working, but it just doesn't seem to really bring in enough cash to be worth it. Well, I just don't think the user has a choice right now. That's the thing that bugs me about all this. Mm. If they, you know, in this in this case, in the salon.com example, you do have a choice. And I agree, that's good. Yeah. But if this is sneaking onto your machine and there's no real way that you can flag it and stop it or being asked permission to do it, it's it's close. Well, obviously, you can install a browser plugin or something like that, which will alert you if a known crypto mining code is being used by a website. That's terrific. But I wonder whether we're going to start seeing more attacks which don't involve in just the browser. Just recently, we've seen a whole series of Android uh, Google Play apps and games which have been secretly crypto mining in the background and i was thinking hey you know there's all this free software out there right which we all love to use maybe those guys want to make a bit of cash what's to stop some of them introducing some sort of crypto mining element if they keep it at a low enough level so it doesn't massively impede your computer maybe that is a legitimate way to fund themselves for instance i was thinking if i'm running a backup program I, my my computer backs itself up at two o'clock in the morning every morning. If my backup program sneakily did some crypto mining at the same time, I probably wouldn't notice, would I? Oh, well, you I wouldn't notice your bill. You'd be paying for it. And yeah, you're hurting the environment bill. along well, the way, helping, helping to... True, I'm not saying it should energy. sneakily do it, but I wonder whether we will see more free apps thinking, actually, this is a way we can make cash without having to worry with all that hassle of, of ads. This seems like every time somebody says something, crypto something or blockchain something or other, everybody just loses their minds and wants to get in on that, even though they may not understand what it means. Like, I barely understand what this stuff means, so... Uh, I know I was talking to a financial advisor and he was saying daily he gets calls from people saying, hey, I'd like to invest in Bitcoin. Do you do that? And he says, no, I'm not involved in this. And I really I don't think, you know, if you don't know a lot about it, I don't think I don't recommend you do this either. Like If you're asking, don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. But, but maybe we can give an address at the end of the show if people want to send us their money and we, we will, of course, invest it wisely for them. There goes Greedy Guts once again. Courtesy of a Panama P.O. Box <laughs> what about, number. What about doing a Splinter episode talking about blockchain and all that kind of stuff? Because it's huge right now. Yeah, that's such a good idea, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, we should... imagine if we had done that a while ago. I would actually love to hear it because I, I could learn yeah. to use about it. Learn. Maybe about imagine, 10 weeks ago. Yeah, imagine if we put that out at the beginning of the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't tell me that was on the agenda and it didn't. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've done that, Maria. Wait, did you? And I missed it? Oh, F me. I'm sorry. Listen, (laughs) I have a baby. What can I say? (laughs) Maria, what's your story for us this week? Sorry. Need a moment. (laughs) Uh, So, um, continuing my trend of being the old man who yells at clouds, I'm going to get mad at technology again this week. Uh, so my story is about this thing called YouTube for Kids. Uh, YouTube for Kids is still showing scary videos to children, and still, still, despite all their efforts, despite all the all the attention about this and all the efforts, and I'll get into that in a second. But they're, basically, it's still a problem. So I think we can all agree that it is an absolutely terrible idea to park a child in front of YouTube and just go, you know, have fun. <laughs> yeah. But what is YouTube's obligation to the public at large in keeping kids safe if they're marketing their own product as kid friendly when it's clearly mm. not? So that's that's sort of yeah. the question I want us to keep in mind. So 
the problem with YouTube Kids is that YouTube says this is an app that they've made specifically for children to, quote, make it safer and simpler for kids to explore the world through online video. Right. Um, except as we've talked about just now, uh, it's been shown repeatedly that YouTube Kids is failing on that safer bit. And it's been known for a little while. And a story that really caught fire uh, late last year, I want to say like October, was this Medium article by this guy named James Bridal called Something is Wrong on the Internet, which is, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, <laughs> there is. So this this story, if you haven't read it, and definitely include it in the show notes because it's a great, weird read, is that there's this bizarre, weird gray area of videos that targets children, specifically on YouTube kids, that aren't like obvious troll videos. So it's not like ISIS beheading videos, like obviously over the top, completely inappropriate for children. These are things where it's like, it's just kind of off and kind of weird, just enough that as an adult, you'd go, I don't really think that's child appropriate, but it's not like super obviously weird. So it's something like a Disney character that is very popular in pain or uh, doing something really gross, like eating poo (laughs) or worse. So it's not, again, it's not like something that would be obviously flagged by the YouTube filters as like, this is completely inappropriate. So it's basically, let's try and trick the YouTube filters to get something a little bit inappropriate in there. And somehow that's a win. Somehow that's a win. I've always found Donald Duck slightly disturbing because he doesn't wear trousers, I have to say. So I can understand the difficulty YouTube Kids has working out what's appropriate and what isn't. (laughs) Right. I mean, if if even we adults can't figure it out, then how the heck can a machine figure it out? Apparently, thousands upon thousands of these videos that have what Bridal calls word salad titles, where the titles are just complete nonsense with a ton of keywords that are popular with kids like you know frozen or whatever lego um, lego uh <laughs> yeah. spider-man batman whatever you know yeah. eat spaghetti in a tub with cake <laughs> minecraft yeah, yeah you name it yeah. and they're usually they're gener- the whole video is computer generated so it's got these really cheap computer animations just thrown together and the, the hope is that enough kids will watch them that apparently through monetization they'll make money but some of these actually have live actors dressed up like real people doing these weird and disturbing things. And apparently this is a successful enough model that they're making money because clearly why else would they be doing this? Okay, can I ask a question? Can I ask a question? No. (laughs) Why wouldn't they just make videos that aren't rude if they're trying to monetize it? Because it gets attention? Because the media might pick up on it and then everyone goes to it? That's a bloody good question. It's a great question. I've Maybe it's just easier to do this nonsense bullshit. I mean... Like Elsa eating spaghetti in a tub. Yeah. That's really Maybe it's dumb. an algorithm. Maybe it's an algorithm that goes out and just grabs videos and it's, I don't know. It's really weird. Yeah. It seems to me if it was a monetizing thing, you would try and stick to the rules as much as, as you could. Oh, you know what it could be? I wonder if the people behind this are actually child psychotherapists. And what they're doing is they're trying, they're trying, yes, they're making money out of the monetization of the video being watched, but also thinking we can potentially get paid thousands for years and years in order to put the kid's head right again. <laughs> They're playing the long game, is what you're saying. Yeah, that's not an insane suggestion at all. Oh, I'm just trying to be logical. No, it's I'm not trying, an insane I'm suggestion. Try- I'm trying to be suggestion. logical about what I, yes, I thought it was a very good question. you've done a very good, good job, Graham. Thank you. Job. I mean, the only answer always, I mean, the answer is always money. I mean, they wouldn't do it if it didn't make them money. Because you've got a kid parked in front of a screen, and the YouTube Kids app is just pulling up video after video after video. And the parent presumably has no idea what's going on. And the kid is just auto-playing all these bizarre yeah. videos that the algorithm yeah. keeps serving up to them. Mm. Must be that these are, no one's actually looking at them. They're just being automatically compiled and slapped up there. 
Exactly. Yep. And they keep getting past what YouTube calls, you know, their automated quality filters. And they insist, YouTube does, that through the magic of machine learning, that they're getting better at rooting this junk out and protecting kids. I and bet that's stuff. probably true. I bet that's probably true. It probably is. It's, I'm sure it's an arms race. And the response from YouTube is, well, parents and kids should just flag the bad content when you see it. <laughs> So that's not that's just I can it's fine for adults. I just think that's just cannot be for kids. You so, can't yeah. do that approach. The burden's on the kid to protect themselves yeah. from the bad stuff. So oh. kiddo, if you got nightmares seeing Winnie the Pooh being decapitated, just flag it and move on, okay? Right. <laughs> that's basically that's a what great they're saying. Approach. Yeah. I the, can understand the trauma of this. I I my oldest childhood friend is a womble called Orinoco, <laughs> who is it was a pajama case, uh, and I, I'm looking up at him right now. He's on he's on one of the shelves in my office. And You're I, lucky he's still with you. I I took he him lives on, on a, a shelf. I look on a trip. I took him on a trip with me once uh, as a grown up, and he a, a number of unfortunate events happened to him. Crow, I don't know if you know anything about what happened to him, but he ended up basically being crucified. I think at one point he was found hanging from a banister. It, it was. And I was quite upset. <laughs> Stabbed. And was Carole, it being used for voodoo? I mean, Carol no, we never seen. We were all really concerned in the Carole house. Carol was Who? there. She was. She expressed was concern at the time, but at the same time, was also seen smirking a lot. And no, no, sort of I was plotting. trying to get to the bottom of what was happening. Uh huh. Your... Were you? Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. So I can understand this, but anyway, yes. The yeah, you sound traumatized, a little triggered, if I may. Yes. yes <laughs> I, I feel like I have been. I'm going to actually have to go and find my emotional support <laughs> womble right now. <laughs> Um, you should see this thing. It's like it's been hugged bare. It's like it's just. It's like can a we have a rat. photo in the show yeah. notes? This it's is like really important. Rat. This is. I, I have to respect his privacy, so I'm not sure if it'll make <laughs> uh-huh. it. Uh huh. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Continue. I don't continue. know how to proceed from there. I, I think we should just end the segment right there. <laughs> so basically, they're saying it's people's fault. It's the user's fault. They've right. got to handle it. Little Timmy has to press report. Right. Yeah. So I, I can hear what a whole bunch of people are thinking right now. I don't have kids or my kids won't watch YouTube kids because I'm a perfect parent, whatever. Uh, and problem solved. <laughs> who cares? I don't give an F about this. So this, I think, is a much bigger problem than just YouTube and kids stuff and all that kind of thing. And as Graham alluded to, it's the attitude of users will fix it for us. Like this is the user problem. The users will handle it. And in this case, fundamentally, YouTube kids is failing its users. And of course, in this case, the kids are very vulnerable. But yep. it, it just makes me think of so much else that we've heard, like both in the podcast and in general, that we have all this tech that makes huge promises. And then it grows so quickly, like way faster than anybody can predict, that it very quickly outpaces its reasonable use and it gets abused so much faster than anyone can possibly yeah. moderate it or enforce any kind of sane rule. Do you know what would be better? Do you know what would be better? Why don't we just ask adults to kind of take part? You know, if Google are not going to do anything about it, why doesn't just an adult every day go watch one kid video from YouTube kids and report it if there's anything bad in it? <laughs> if we all did that... <laughs> It was and not- then Google can collect all the money from having a really safe channel. From crypto mining our activity while you watch the video. Exactly. No. <laughs> yeah. But that wouldn't even cover. I'm sure with the, know. the number of videos out there, it wouldn't even cover it, even if people actually wanted no, to do I that, which nobody would. Really, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's a really yucky problem. Yeah. Look, pull it. My, my, my kid loves YouTube for kids. I'm sorry, Maria. My kid's old. I don't yours, doubt and it. So, yeah. And so he's, he's being corrupted by it. No, it's not a better judgment, but <laughs> it's, but it, it, he hasn't. Thankfully, as far as I know, encountered anything like this. He has seen a couple which he found a little bit scary, mm. but I think that was just him being a bit uh, sensitive or whatever to it. But 
I wonder whether what we really need to do is we need to say, you know what? YouTube isn't for kids. Now, kids are into screens, but there's no reason why we couldn't plonk them down and say, watch five episodes of Scooby-Doo or something like that instead. Something which great hasn't been program. made by the great unwashed public. Right. Well, well, it is a great program, apart from when Scrappy-Doo was in it. I think they did ruin <laughs> oh, I, it. I, I, would agree I with never you watched Scrappy-Doo. Yeah. That was oh, good. That lucky. was after my time. After my it was time. an aberration. Yeah, he was awful. Um, but, but, <laughs> but, but if it's pure, proper Scooby-Doo, that's all right. Or Danger Mouse, something like that. So you actually see stuff which has been made by proper organisations producing output, media organisations who are vetted, producing kids' programmes. Yes, R- Rather that, you know, who have some responsibilities rather than, you know, Uncle Norman down the road has made a video in his bedroom. I agree bedroom. with you there. I, but I think that's a very reasonable and, and really smart decision on, on the, the small sliver of the issue being YouTube kids specifically. But y- yes. bigger picture. But it is bigger than that, isn't it? Yeah. Like, why do we throw our hands up in the air and go, well, you know, users, you should really be flagging this stuff and you figure it out. And, and when you flag it, we'll clean up the mess. But until then, eh, you know. I mean, that to me, that just feels so half-assed. Like, have we really done all that we can to protect users? And I'm not talking just about kids. I'm talking about users yeah. in general. No, no, I think we need to ask the big giants to step off the arms race. I mean, Facebook as well is going after 13-year-olds and under, right, with their new Facebook for kids. And so we've got both internet giants trying to compete for mind share of our children. And I think you're asking the right questions. Should we allow our kids to do this? To me, it's, it seems almost like a, I, I think it's a no brainer. Most people would say, yeah, keep kids off of this stuff. And I'm, I'm just thinking just in general, again, I'm, I'm going hugely, massively big picture. You've gone big. You've I, gone big. I've gone way you? beyond just, just kids on the internet. Yeah. Cause I feel yeah. like that one's, that's much more black and white. I'm thinking more like, why are we expecting users to do all the content policing and the frontline defense? Yes. That, that's oh, me. Is why just, are people accepting it? Which is even, you know, right. Cause, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a Reddit in. user, for example. Yeah. Reddit is both amazing and the absolute cesspool of the internet. One of the many. Absolutely. And, and one, of, I mean, it's both at the same time. And it's, yep. just, and basically every time Reddit comes out with a new rule saying, Hey, we're doing something about some abhorrent thing that has popped up on Reddit. Inevitably they go, well, we can't police this stuff. You guys just need to flag it and then we'll look into it. And it's, mm. it just seems so noncommittal and like an, a complete abdication of responsibility. I, I don't, I don't have like a genius solution here. It's I just, not okay. And we've just seen this with the deep fakes thing, which we spoke about a couple of weeks ago as yep. well. Yeah. The, the, the sort of celeb fake porn, you know, where people can yeah. take pictures of you and insert you into a, a porno movie, haven't they? And, yeah. And, and Reddit came out like a week after that story came out. I don't know. Maybe we helped with that. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> and said, you know what? We're, we're banning that subreddit that has the deep fakes on it. Great. Problem solved. Huzzah. And then people in the thread said, okay, great. So, um, what are you going to do about it if, say, somebody's involuntarily in a deep fakes porno? And they said, it's the responsibility of the person who has appeared in that porno to flag it and say, I don't want to be in it. So again, it's, <laughs> Like, like me, I would need to go trolling through this stuff to find. Yeah, God, right. I, 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 can, I can do that. I can do that for you, Maria. Actually, oh, I'm, I'm happy to oh, watch. No, I'm, 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 I'm happy to watch lots of those videos, and I'll tell really, you both of you if I Maria, see you in them. Maria, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He doesn't know what he's but, doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. It's it's okay. It's oh. <laughs> I'm just okay. He's blushing. Not just, Bro, what have you got for us? Uh, do you hear that sound, guys? Do you hear that? Yeah. 
That sound is the sound of UK advertisers utterly thrilled with a recent precedent that was set by the UK Advertising Standards Authority, or known as the ASA. Oh, yeah. Do you want to know why? Why? And it all starts with virtual assistants. So uh. roughly one in, ten, one in ten households apparently have an Amazon device in the UK and US. Wait, about an one, Amazon device being an actual speaker thingy? Yeah, sorry. An, uh, yeah, an Amazon virtual assistant. So like an Echo, a Dot, Alexa. Yeah, oh, I don't even know what you seriously? call that whole group. But wait, is this is the number seriously one in ten? I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, that's what? Okay. I know. This is apparently one in ten and one in twenty have a Google home. I think this sounds huge. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot with that. Um and Apple have just put out their new home pod, right? So people are in love with these virtual assistants because they can play songs and podcasts and manage their smart home and get updates on the weather. I'm not sure why that's important, but people seem to love to know Do about the Either weather. of you have one of these? No. And I have my own podcast. You know, I would be playing it constantly if I did, but just to get the numbers up. Like the blockchain episode that apparently exists that I forgot about. So, yeah, just play it over and over. (laughs) And people also love, and I think this is particular to Amazon's assistance, is the shopping Mm. element, right? Where you can make a list and you can confirm orders, et cetera, et cetera. But things may be about to be getting very annoying virtual assistant users. Let me set the scene here. So you remember from last January, there was this famous Amazon dollhouse order fiasco. We talked about it on the show. This is where a kid managed to order a dollhouse and cookies from Amazon Alexa because the parental controls were not activated. And then ironically, was that the TV news anchors compounded the problem with the report because the anchor said as part of the story, I love when little girls is saying, Alexa, order me whoa, up. Whoa, 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 don't, 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 you can't say something like that on a podcast. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You're about now, to, oh my goodness. Let's fast steady. forward to today. All right. Let's start with last month, where White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders took to Twitter to call out Amazon after her young son inadvertently ordered an $80 toy using the company's Echo device. And she tweeted, Alexa, we have a problem if my two-year-old can order a Batman toy by yelling Batman over and over again into the Echo. (laughs) Uh, In fairness, at least he didn't order a copy of Fire and Fury. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, political. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But things are about to get a lot worse, Um, I think, at least in the UK. Pet food suppliers Purina launched an Alexa-focused ad campaign in the UK recently. Tell me if you can catch how this ad might be opening a can of worms rather than a can of tuna flakes and gravy. Alexa, reorder Purina Beyond cat food. Order confirmed. Okay, that's pretty blatant. (laughs) That's <laughs> highly sophisticated campaign there. Yeah, um, that's cute, so cute, subtle. Cute cats, though. Cute yeah. cats. It's clever, right? It's clever. So not surprisingly, a viewer lodged a complaint with the advertising regulator saying that the ad made the virtual assistant device place an order for said cat food. Yeah, quite right, too. And according to the Beeb, the viewer complained that the ad was socially irresponsible. Now, upon receiving this complaint, the UK ad regulator ASA, actually, let's make this fun. Let's make this Mm -hmm. fun. I'm going to give you a choice. Did A, ASA, known by ad types the world over to be super strict, upheld the viewer's complaint and slapped Purina smartly on the wrist for their unethical attempt at getting on a virtual shopping list? Okay. Or B... Did the ASA say, we concluded that the ad was not socially irresponsible and did not breach the code? 
<laughs> yeah. Do we need some quiz music? Ding, 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 ding. I'm going to say that they were super strict and told Purina, don't be such wallies, please. Um, they did not. Now, I will get to the socially irresponsible bit in a minute. Hey, thanks for I... asking me my opinion. Oh, sorry, Maria. <laughs> Maria, tell me A or B. I... Maria. I, I actually was going to say, I, I have hope for my UK counterparts. You have better taste than we in the US do. And say, in the US, this would have been totally fine. But in the UK, y'all are better about it. So you'd say, nope, this is not okay. Yeah, my, my I have a lot of friends who work in advertising, and they say trying to get ads on the, into the UK TV channels is so difficult. There are so oh, really? many regulations compared to the US. I mean, it's yeah. a free for all over here. So yeah. I, I know ads like this are completely fine in the states. I see them all the time. Yeah, so. so maybe it's not a big deal for our US listeners, but for us, it's outrageous. Anyway, I decided to have a look at the UK Code of Broadcast Advertising, mm. and it does indeed seem that there is nothing that jumped out at me that would control this emerging type of ad loophole, right? Where basically devices are communicating to each other, bypassing the person who actually owns both devices. <laughs> um, so the code largely consists of content controls, like rules for adult content or gambling or controlled substances like tobacco and alcohol or rules for children's ads. Ironically, YouTube, pay attention. <laughs> we even have like a section on e-cigarettes. So it's not like it hasn't been updated in the last five years, right? But nothing jumped out to me as applicable to the situation. The UK ad regulator said, we understood that it would not be possible for a purchase to be made without the account owner's knowledge, even in instances where technology intended to stop ads interacting with devices had not been effective. So this is what I understand from that. What I hear is the UK regulator acknowledges that these ads will in fact place the order into the said shopping cart of a virtual assistant. But hey, customer, it's your job to review your order list and take all the crap that you never wanted out of the list before actually placing your order. So I think these commercials are basically going to fill your order list if you've got it connected to your Amazon shopping list, for instance, if you have an Alexa device. And then before you put your order in, you're just going to say, I need to review my shopping list. Oh, I didn't want to buy adult diapers. I didn't need any Purina cat food, you know, and I don't want a new pair of sunglasses. Adult diapers, cat food and sunglasses. That yeah, is man. a really weird party. <laughs> so you're expecting a wave of adult diaper TV adverts now? <laughs> well, I'm expecting, my thinking is that ad guys around the UK today are going huzzah and rejoice day. It's a pretty rubbish ad, isn't it? Anyone who's actually, any humans who are watching the television are just going to get tired of everyone pulling off the same prank frankly yeah it's aren't a they? gimmick it's, yes it's, and it's been it's been go like south park had a whole episode where they did that they just mm. kept activating different uh, amazon and google <laughs> devices over and over it's actually pretty funny and they, they have them feeding each other um and that was like a year ago so yeah. i mean that that gimmick is old i think yeah well maybe not here i expect that we're going to see every ad on telly uh, in the next few months barking shopping orders at our devices Ugh, I'm sorry and i that. bet uk listeners out here are going to be super stoked with this right? How fun to have to go through every item on your shopping list before you press buy. So I would like to politely request the ASA review the rules and ask ourselves, do we really want to allow advertisers to put to orders directly into a virtual trolley willy-nilly? Right. Is that what we want? Jeff, take a look. Look into it. And Mr. presumably it, it wouldn't just be necessarily orders which they're making. They could also send a command saying, you know, 
dim the lights or something, put on the sexy music or something else. You yeah, know, like it's Valentine's ways. Day. Yes, play yeah. Smashing Security. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Amazon Echo, play hey. Smashing Security. All right. Fair this episode of Smashing Security is sponsored in part by Rapid7. Trusted by over 6,700 organizations globally, Rapid7 security solutions harness the critical information essential to protect an organization's best interest. Rapid7's Insight IDR has been named a visionary in Gartner's latest SIM Magic Quadrant. Insight IDR unifies SIM, UBA, and EDR, and is an intruder analytics solution that gives you the confidence to detect and investigate security incidents faster. You can download a 30-day trial by visiting rapid7.com forward slash Insight IDR. That's rapid7.com forward slash Insight IDR. And thanks also to LastPass for sponsoring this episode of Smashing Security. Failing to protect your business's passwords could be a costly mistake. From easy onboarding to automated security reports, LastPass makes it easy for businesses to fix weak passwords without slowing down their employees. Go to smashingsecurity.com slash LastPass to see why LastPass is the trusted enterprise password manager of over 33,000 businesses. And welcome back. And you join us at our favourite part of the show, which we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Squeak. <laughs> Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, an app, a website, a podcast, whatever you like. It doesn't have to be security-related necessarily. Yeah. My Pick of the Week this week, I'm going to recommend to you an app which you can install on your iPad, or I think maybe there's a PC version of it as well. It's called Dinosaur Chess. And if you have a young person in your household who you'd like to teach to learn chess, maybe you can get them interested in it via the power of dinosaurs. That's cute. I automatically love it. It is written by a Scottish chap. The dinosaurs all have crazy Scottish accents. Okay, right, let's teach you how to use the... <laughs> That's crazy, all right. Another bad accent. <laughs> let's teach you how to use the knight. And the more you succeed in the various chest trials and puzzles it gives you, the bigger and more powerful your dinosaur becomes in order to have the dinosaur fight against the T-Rex at the end. Okay, kids, nothing. I will play this. That sounds great. <laughs> that sounds really fun. Oh, it's good fun. And it actually plays a reasonable game of chess. So um, it's good fun. And they've just livened it up with lots of Scottish accents and things like that. And dinosaurs in kilts, I say, we need more of those on the internet rather than YouTube videos of Donald Duck. And that is why it is my pick of the week. Excellent pick of the week, Mr. Cluley. I like it. Yeah, give that one Thank an A. You. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> Maria, what's your... Pardon? <laughs> I hear Corolla has already clicked on the link for my pick of the week. All right. Well, I am nothing if not keen on serving up complete nightmare fuel for all your smashing security listeners. So uh, without further ado, please have a little listen Whoa. to the Furby organ. The Furby, I promise it's not the Furby rude. Furby what? Organ, in this case, yeah. <laughs> refers to a musical organ. And Is he a Furby that I'm looking at right now? <laughs> he, he's got hair like a Furby. He's got 44 Furbies attached to a musical organ, and they all work together to play music. It is completely horrifying and amazing and creative, but mostly no, horrifying. Maria, where did you get this? Where did he get 44 Furbies <sighs> from? <laughs> I am not an internet superhero, but I do have my sources of really weird shit on the internet. <laughs> 
I'm really good at finding the weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I'm on Reddit a lot, right? Like, yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. So as he plays with his organ, his 44 furry friends <laughs> ch- chirp up. That's actually why I... Is that I just, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. If you skip to... Let's see. It's a long video, three but skip to about in. three minutes in, and you can see the whole thing okay. at work. Okay. Here we go. It's about three minutes in. It's... Oh, here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I love his notes. I love oh, the yeah, notes, how clear they are. Chords and, things. and they're twiggling, they're wiggling their ears. I kind of like Furbies. Mm. How do we feel about Furbies? Are you kidding? You like Furbies? They're not Furbies? like Cabbage Patch dolls, which are just... This is quite cool, but I don't think it's as cool as the Winter Garden. <gasps> no. The Marble Machine. The Winter machine. Garden is brilliant. Have you seen that? What? The Winter Garden Marble Machine. Maria, you should check that out. I would, I would contend that that is... Oh, I've seen this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Okay. I'm sending yep. it to you right now. Here we are. I'm putting it. I'm going to put it in the show notes as well. And yes. frankly, yeah, it's a heck lot Super better than Fabiok. <laughs> <laughs> but not as funny. Yeah, I was going to say. I I do not doubt that musically there are way better things out there, but like they're not made with Furbies. So yeah, you, know, you win. You I, win. Yeah. You win the Furby war. It's not a war. I didn't even. I I, I didn't even know I was in it. But okay, great. <laughs> Thank you, Maria, for your pick of the week. You're so welcome. <laughs> Bro, top that if you can. I think I can. I think I can. So listeners may not know that we, as podcast hosts, have actually no idea who's listening to us. <laughs> and that is why so many podcasts go out and ask users to fill in surveys and forms just to get an idea of who's listening and what they think of the show. But I'm going to guess that Smashing Security listeners are mostly around 30, 30 plus. And I think I owe you guys a heads up on an internet sensation that's rocking our kids' worlds right now. And kids under 30, you'll know about this. You can tune out now because this is so last year. Graham Maria, take a look at this. I've been waiting so long for this moment, but we're finally interviewing this plant. Hello, Poppy. Thank you so much for having me. How are you today, plant? A blonde woman who's talking in a squeaky voice to a plant. Okay, this is the YouTube sensation Poppy. And in this clip, she's sitting against a white background interviewing a basil plant. And that's all. She has 235 million views combined, increasing by 250,000 a day. Poppy is the creation of a musician called Mariah Poppy, created with the director Titanic Sinclair. Both these names are obviously... um, I've had to delete, stop the video because I'm too alarmed. I can't watch anymore. It's just too weird. Really? This is some twee, twee shit. Just it is weird. So last no. year she launched an album, this poppy girl. And uh, there's one called Here's My Microphone, which is just edgy enough for me to listen to. The rest is a bit saccharine for my t- PJ Harvey <laughs> loving way, right? Um, but uh, she's also just launched her subscription uh, YouTube channel. And the reason you need to pay attention, and I think it's The Guardian says it best, she is the sort of celebrity who could not have existed even half a decade ago, born of and beloved by the internet, and essentially unknown outside of it. And her YouTube channel is crazy. It's crazy fun to dip into. So I suggest go take a look, if only just to be able to talk to your kids about it and watch their eyes grow like saucers. So does she always talk in this weird, twee, kiddie yeah. voice? She has this one where she's like... Um, People often ask me if I'm in a cult. I am not in a cult. And then does loads of cult stuff. <laughs> and that's the video is like 40 seconds. Uh, Odd. Crazy. But interesting. Can you get this on YouTube for kids? <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea. I have no idea. 
Because if you can, I just want that app banned right now. Because this, this, I forget all the, forget all the clowns and things and sharp knives and. Oh yeah, you don't mind the beheadings. This is what you're going to take a stand against. Oh, is it? are there really any beheadings on YouTube for kids? Yeah. Oh, there are. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, there are. Yeah, that's. I don't know if you've read any articles recently, Graham, but yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> or, or listen I'm to any podcasts. I'm sending you both which a I'm link on. to. <laughs> okay, this show has got weird enough. Thank that's you. That's what I'm here for. No, don't thank you. I mean. Thank you for, thank you for be, coming next next time you're on the show, Maria. Thank you for bringing a proper pick of the week, rather than anything which is going to spook us out. <laughs> and on that bombshell, we've just about wrapped it up. Ah, oh, crikey! If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Smash Insecurity without a G. Twitter wouldn't let us have a G. We're on Facebook. Just look for the Smashing Security podcast group. And we've also got a store at smashingsecurity.com slash store. And um, thank you for tuning in. If you like the show, rate it on Apple Podcasts. And thank you to everyone who already has. I've been wanting to say that forever. Yes. Thank you for your reviews. And uh, yeah, leaving a review really helps new people discover the show. And you can check out past episodes at smashingsecurity.com as well. Until next time, thank you so much, Maria, for joining us yet again. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And no problem, Graham. I'm happy from to be Carole here. and me. Toodaloo. <laughs> bye bye. Hey, at least you didn't forget to ask me a question when you were doing a poll in the middle of the segment. <laughs> I was like, okay, well. Oh, I always care what Maria thinks. I care what Maria thinks a bit more than someone else on the ship.